This episode is brought to you by the Podcast Services Division at Life's Tough Media. Having your own podcast allows you to creatively reach all types of audiences, from clients to prospects, to your most loyal membership base. And by utilizing studio affiliates located around the world, coupled with quality remote recording capabilities, Life's Tough Media makes having a corporate podcast easier than ever before. Contact us for a no-obligation consultation at info at lifestuff.com or visit lifestuff.com to learn more. Welcome to Life's Tough. You can be tougher. I'm Dustin Planelt, your host. This is a show about life and it's about purpose. It's about the stories that we all have. Everyone, when you think about it, well, they have a story. His story began with a 3,000-mile journey. It began with a purpose. Our guest today is Neil Tomba. He's the senior pastor of the Northwest Bible Church in Dallas, Texas. And on May 27, 2019, he embarked on an amazing journey that he'd been dreaming about for years. He started in Santa Monica, California, and he bicycled all the way across the United States to Annapolis, Maryland. All along the way, he had conversations with people from all walks of life and belief systems about the things that really matter in their lives. Let's bring him on now. Neil, welcome to the Life Stuff Podcast. Thank you, Dustin, for having me on your show today. Yeah, I can tell you that I love your book. And they say that how do you start a thousand mile journey? You start by just one step. How do you prepare for a 3,000 mile journey. How do you begin that? And on a bicycle? Yeah, Dustin. Well, you know, the, the title of the book is The Listening Road. So there was some physical preparation that was going on, but also just, I didn't start by having conversations the first day we started riding. It's been, I've been having these conversations for years, right? Now, in terms of physical preparation, it's funny. My wife asked me, Neil, have you ever even ridden your bike for 100 miles three days in a row? <laughs> and I said, no, but I'll get to that. <laughs> and I have my daughter is a, a very high level cyclist, and she's actually going to be riding in the USA Pro Crits for women this year. And she was actually my coach, and she gave me a training plan every day. And so I whatever she told me to do. And you did, I did it. I mean, but when we look at this, that you obviously were called to a purpose, that there was a mm -hmm. purpose for this journey. This wasn't just a walkabout, like I'm going to go figure out who I am or, or was it? Yeah. So Dustin, you know, I've been thinking about this for 18 years because I would go to Colorado every summer, hike mountains, ride my bike. And I would meet people from Australia, from New Zealand. Those were some of my favorites to meet. I would meet the artist at a local shop and we would just have conversations. And I just thought one day as I was riding my bike, I saw this little family by a pond and I said, I wonder what their story is. And I had this idea one day I'd like to ride my bike across the country and have conversations and hear people's stories. And so um, as this country, even before this past year, people were just at each other, pounding each other. I thought, now's the time to do this. And even at my church, we were challenging each other to go out and have conversations with people 
And because of that, I said, okay, now's the time. We're going to go on this journey. Wow. So how do you have a conversation with somebody without being judgmental? Because many yeah, times when you, we get them to start talking, we're like, oh, well, I would never. I, how could they? That it's very easy to judge others, right? So I'm a pastor. And, you know, that's a problem, too, because pastors like to tell everybody what they think. And the title of this book is so important, The Listening Road. And I will tell you, one of the things in my own development that I would say God had to do in me was just to say, Neil, why don't you think about where you can agree with people? And so instead of always looking at, okay, here's where you differ and I differ, I often try to, I'll call it get in the well with people. I remember one time a guy was talking to me about in a restaurant about his mom who had suffered so much. And there's a book in the Bible called the book of Job that talks about suffering. And he was talking to me about it. And here's what pastors we often do. Well, let me explain to you what it means. And instead of doing that, I said to him, you know, it really is hard. And as you and I said before this podcast, Dustin, life is complicated. And a lot of times people have pain and I don't have all the answers, but I'm just going to agree with you. That is freaking hard. And so just an example like that, starting at some common ground of our humanity. Wow. So at any point during this journey, because you, you can't always be at your best. There are moments when you were at your worst. Who did you meet along the way that just brought you back, that just gave you that fuel you needed to keep going? Yes. You know, Dustin, one of the things that was kind of surprising is how many people, you know, talk about this idea of suffering or pain. How many people shared with me, I think we had four different times, my son got killed in a car wreck. Hmm. And so we ride up to Santa Rosa, New Mexico. We, we did 120 miles that day. We're totally exhausted. We're starving. And there's these two guys cooking hamburgers at a grill. And I go up to them and they're very friendly. And we're like, okay, let's have a conversation. Immediately, the guy breaks open his life and starts talking about his love for kids. That's why he was cooking these burgers. It was an after-school program for helping kids with hunger who um, are in, you know, uh, food poverty areas. And then he breaks up and he said, my son died in a car wreck. And then he tells me about the journey he went through and the struggle and the down and saying, but here I still want to give because I believe I have something to give. And so that guy in Santa Rosa cooking burgers and sharing with us his grief, his struggle. And it was a three-year journey to get out of that. Wow. So how many people did you meet along this trek? We had a professional videographer with us, and I think we recorded 116 conversations in 30 days. And that's just the ones we recorded. So we even had more than that. We easily met 150 to 200 people. Wow, that's remarkable. And so all of these people must have left some form of footprint on you. How did it change yes. you? Justin, one of the things that as I'm traveling across the country, again, as a pastor, part of my own personal weakness at times, because one of the things I do every day is I study the Bible because I'm going to get up and I'm going to give a Bible lesson, right? So 
I have to kind of guard the arrogance in me sometimes to think I'm thinking more about life and spiritual things than somebody else. And it was amazing. The people that I met along the way, like Kiki, who was a Sikh, or um, Diana, who was a Muslim, or Mark, who was a retired army guy who had his bell rung so many times because he worked in ordinances. And to talk about the, to them about real life stuff, that was the beauty of what we did. We, would, we said we're going to be, be curious, kind, and respectful to hear people's stories. And so we got to hear all kinds of stories and to hear how much they had been thinking about life, how much they had been thinking about um, just the challenges of life and how do you get through them and where God and faith come in. So I was changed to remember, man, people are thinking about as much as I am. Interesting. So this was more of like a, a global phenomenon that everybody gets to this place in their life. I'll call it maybe their aha moment. They're like, huh? Yes. Aha. Yeah. And you were helping them to find that. So, you know, yeah. m- much like you, we, we've both met a lot of people on our journey. Um, the thing that I have found that everyone desires and many people don't know what to call it, uh, even some billionaires that I've met along the way can't put their finger on it. And that is their peace. They just want their peace. Because without your peace, you have nothing. You could have all the riches the world has to offer and all the things. But if you don't have your peace, you'll never enjoy it. You'll never be able to sit back and what's the old, like smell the roses. You won't even know the roses exist. So talk about finding your peace. I mean, you traveled the country. You met a lot of people that didn't have their peace. And now you were coming in and the goal was, well, if they could see the way that I lived my life, if they could see the way that I treated them with respect and then I listened, then maybe some of my peace can jump on them. Talk about some of the transformations that you saw. Dustin, I'll I'll tell you about this. Um, We pulled into a convenience store, and this was one of those stories where someone had lost a son in the middle of the night. We pulled in this convenience store. I started talking to the lady behind the counter. Next thing you know, she comes out. There's a couple stools there, and she just wanted to talk. And you could tell life had just taken its toll on her. She had had some hard miles herself. And it, even in that moment relating, because if you looked at my face during that time, I looked haggard <laughs> at parts of this journey. And she came from a faith background in Jesus. And I said, well, so what do you think about Jesus? She goes, honestly, I'm angry with him. And, you know, you say that to a pastor, what's the pastor going to do? I hope the pastor doesn't have to defend him. Just say, yeah, okay. Tells me about her son dying. And, um, as I was about to leave, I said, oh, you know, there was a story where Jesus's best friend died and he was angry. And although she'd grown up in a church context and a grandfather was a preacher, she goes, I never thought about it. Her eyes got this wide open. Jesus got angry when his friends died. And thus I mentioned that because what, you know, so often when we think about God or faith, it's there. I remember when my dad had this little plastic Jesus on his dashboard and there used to be a song. I don't care if it rains or freezes as long as I got my plastic Jesus riding on the dashboard of my car. <laughs> and you know, that's kind of how we look at it. It's just like, oh, faith is just kind of some kind of plastic thing that's not real. And I just saw this moment where her countenance softened and somehow she thought, oh, Maybe there's a God out there that's not just looking for the nice people who have it together and always say the right things and never cuss or whatever the thing they think about. 
and that he could deal with the real me when life is complicated, when life is tough. When life is tough. So this journey yeah. for you that lasted 3,000 miles, it couldn't have ended there. I mean, you now have to take all of these memories, all of these moments, 100 plus people that will forever be in your head, in your life yes. in some capacity. How's this been for you digesting all of this? I was so exhausted when I got back because, you know, I love endurance events. I've done the, I've done the Leadville 100 a few times. I did this Kansas 200 miles in one day. I did 200 miles one day as kind of a promo thing. And I could have never imagined what I was getting myself into with a team of 10 people basically getting up at 5.30 every morning, not stopping till 10.30 every night, just all day for these 30 days. I was so exhausted. And part of the gift for me was that Thomas Nelson Harper Collins signed this book deal because it forced me to get to process it. I needed a year to process it. I got to do the Audible book. So I got to process it through that. We're making a docu-series and we have four of eight episodes done. And it's it, I'm still processing. That's incredible. I mean, it's this journey now that just keeps continuing. Yeah. And so what happens next with you? I mean, you've now accomplished something that very few would even be willing to consider. And you, you found courage. And I must tell you that... You found the courage to do this, and that's the hard part, right? It's, all right, now you want to do it, but how do you, how do you move that foot forward? So talk to people out there right now that are that either being paralyzed because of fear mm. or doubt, uncertainty, or they don't have the courage to go do that thing. It may just be knocking on that door to a family member and saying, I need us good. I want us good. Maybe kind words to somebody that they haven't spoken to in a while. How do we start this process? Well, Dustin, you know, I mentioned this was an 18 year dream. So I was 40 years old when this dream came to my mind. I didn't do it till I was 58. And it could have been so easy to say I'm too old. Um, and part of the thing that gave me courage for this process were other people who spoke into my life in a big way. And, so, and then when I, when I said I was going to do it, I asked my wife, Will you follow me in our car and I'll use my cell phone? And a friend looked at me and said, Neil, you are thinking way too small. <laughs> Your imagination is broken. And you know, one of the things I'll say, Dustin, people who have trauma in their life, often it breaks their imagination. And I needed people to say, hey, your imagination needs to get bigger. Next thing you know, we have a team of 10 people, a major book contract. Uh, and so that one thing I would say is, may God bring in some people in your life who could speak to you. And maybe you need to go to first your friends and say, I have a dream. Maybe it's just admitting, I have this dream. I have something that feels really tough for me to do. My daughter was my coach. My People who were my parishioners were my people saying to me, pastor, you need to think bigger. So I think that's actually a first step to say, we all need more help than we think we do, especially with our dreams. Well said. So what prepared you? I mean, not being a pastor, there was something before this, some moment in your life that prepared you, that you went through something, something that humbled you, something that woke you up some moment of loss, some moment of fatigue 
that it called you to a purpose. It was your fuel. What was it? Okay, Dustin, life is complicated. <laughs> and you can cut me off at any time. There's a few things. And I would say one of the things was, I'll just put it this way. When I was young, often being blocked in relationships and having the opportunity to connect with people because of my own background stuff. And that stirred something in me to want to connect and allow others to connect. That maybe that's enough right there. It allowed you to connect with people that I have found in life. That we don't connect with people on strengths. No, no, that's the great lie. We connect yes. with people on weaknesses. And it's those weaknesses that connect us. I go, me too. I don't like being alone. Me too. I, I, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the bravest. I'm not, yeah, me, me too. I wish that family members or situations or ancestors could have made different. I, I understand me too. But then when you look in your own heart, in your own head, you realize, wow, I, I have a lot of working on myself before I start passing blame to others, I gotta start looking at me and what will I leave behind? What will my legacy be? You see, I also yeah. had my aha moment a couple years ago. I went to a, a men's group uh, with uh, my uncle and the, the pastor asked a question of all the men. And it was a very simple question, but at the time my heart was hard. I had gone through some moments that people had let me down. People had in my own life betrayed me. And then it made me realize later that oh, I've done the same thing to others that we are not perfect. And the question was this, and it was very simple. At the end of, and you put your name in, at the end of Dustin's life, Dustin loved dot, dot, dot the most. And it was probably for me that one moment that opened my eyes to realize, wow, Dustin loved Dustin the most. Mm. And, and it's that, that when you look at who you are, you now realize your weaknesses that, okay, if you're only looking out for you, and that point began the journey, the journey for life's tough. That without those trials that you went through, without your moment, without your revelations, to make you then say, I'm going to be in a position now as a pastor, as a minister, that I will, I will have others hold me accountable. And then now I'm going to go on this journey because I know that a lot of those people, they don't think pastors are good people. They don't think people are good people. They're not at their best right now. They actually have a world that's falling apart. They have a world that's scary and fearful. And maybe I can just be there for them just for a few words. Tell me your story. What's your name? And in that, yes. that is a legacy. And I, I, I can tell you, I admire what you've done and the lives that you've touched. That is a legacy that you are giving to the future generation. Mm. Thank you, Dustin. You know, it was amazing, Dustin. We'd go up to people and we'd say, hey, we're here to be curious, kind and respectful, to hear people's stories. And people would say, I don't really have time. But then they'd start talking. I can't tell you how many times people said, do you have time for one more story? When they were convinced that we were truly going to listen, I had one guy from Laguna, uh, the Laguna tribe, this guy, Jeffrey, he handed me a gift at the end. He told me he didn't have time. And then he started showing me pictures of his land and what used to be there. He hands me a piece of handmade pottery. He says, Neil, I want to give you this. And we're like, why? Because you listened to my story. Crazy. Something so simple, yet something that yeah. leaves an impact. We say here that everyone has a story and every story has a purpose. And your story 
has a purpose and what you've done will leave a greater impact. So how do we learn more about you? Okay, well, you can go to, uh, I have a website, neiltomba.com. You can go there. If you go to Google Neil Tomba and go to YouTube, you can actually see some little clips of some videos from the trip. Of course, you can go to Amazon and get the book, The Listening Road, and you can read the stories of the 33 days. Incredible. Life's tough. Neil Tomba is tougher. Thanks again, Neil. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you again, Neil, for sharing your story. You know, Charles Dickens once said, no one is useless in this world who lightens the burdens of others. Are there people in your circle, in your community, or just having them talk and you listen with no intent of replying, but just having them tell their story to you, being there for them, being somebody that they can count on. Life's tough. You can be tougher. See you next time, everyone.